With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, wonderful shot by Lennox Lewis. A right hand by Holyfield. By Boston Douglas. Look at this. He's knocked by Tyson down for the first in his career. But unfortunately, it'll never happen. Crunch! Punches! And punches! And it's over! I think it's gonna be over. say there seems an element of genuine hate between these two Ambrose. For sure. I don't hate the man. Just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Greg. You can stop it any time. Castillo's in trouble. Weak steps in and the fight is over. Oh! Welcome back to the after show and I'm joined by Luca. you're back on this week's after show for the tale of Liston versus Clay what a tale it was a really long episode for everybody that's been listening to the series it's the longest one so far but I don't think it's the longest one yet to come there is other episodes that are coming in the season that are going to be slightly longer with some new stories that you might have not heard before but this was one that we wanted to include for the season, Lukey, where, you know, I know it's been told so many times, these tales of, of Liston, Clay, Liston, Ali, the, the phantom punch, you know, the solution in Muhammad Ali's eyes, all the theories, all the conspiracies surrounding it. But we felt like we wanted to do a, a complete justice to these two fighters that will always go hand in hand with one another. And I really enjoy putting this together and I'm interested to know because I haven't asked for your thoughts yet, what your thoughts are initially on this episode. I think it's the first modern fight. Like, this fight doesn't get old. And I'm what I mean by that is, like, not the result. It's like, we got conspiracy theories, like we get with Jake Paul now. Like, that's what we get here. We've got kind of the birth of a superstar, like we got with Connor. Like, I was thinking in the car how Muhammad Ali's knockout of Sonny Liston isn't a bit of that what made us fall in love with conor mcgregor him being a sizable underdog and calling his shot 
it's like a lot of the elements that made up this story are why we're involved in boxing. And I think it's a truly timeless thing that whether we want to believe or not, this is a type of story that we always gravitate back to because it has the good, the bad, and the ugly of boxing wrapped all in one. And I think that's a really good way of assessing how this tale lives on through different people, different scenarios, whether it be boxing, whether it be UFC, whether it be different sports, this this type of tale lives on forever. It's a timeless tale because, you know, these, these were two guys. You had the young upstart in Cassius Clay. You had the guy who was very feared in, in Sonny Liston and nobody expected Cassius Clay at that point to do what he did. And, and to beat Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston was a formidable fighter. And a lot of people still today, including Mike Tyson, look at him as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. He might not feature predominantly in people's top tens, understandably so. However, he does feature with in a lot of lists that people put out there. The ESPN list, the Ring Magazine list, all them types of lists that go out there. Sonny Liston always features in that because of how formidable he was at this moment in time. I mean, you look at the sound bites that were in the episode, you hear about how most of the bookies, most of the people that were being asked about the fight, who's going to win? Pretty much everybody was saying Sonny List and nobody was giving Cassius Clay a chance in that first fight. So it was it was really great to put everything into context about how this first fight in particular was built up and and trying to make people of this generation understand that you've seen this as you rightly said Luke you've seen this before in the modern world in the modern era like the likes of Conor McGregor you know you've seen this before but to hear it again and to hear it in a completely different context was something we were really happy to be putting together and I'm interested to know like when you've listened back and obviously took yourself back into that moment and assessed how things were at that point in time, do you think that, you know, this moment in time was... Well, I, I'm, it's probably a stupid question, to be honest, and, I, and I'm probably going to get a, a great answer from you as always, but I feel like this moment, it was a moment in time, it lives in boxing folklore, and for better or for worse these two fighters will always be tied to one another. Well, I agree with that. And I think that like on a deeper level, like it's like they're they're what at one point you and me met and now we do a podcast reaction and that's always going to live with me because it's like, now I've got a friend in the UK and we make, we have conversations about boxing and that's a special point for me. We always have these special points and it's like, Sonny Liston is an anomaly to me in boxing because I didn't know his backstory about serving time and learning to basically box in prison or something, something to that extent. What I knew about Sonny Liston is everyone from that era feared this. And it's like, I can't imagine to truly understand and look at that guy and understand how feared he was because of the result of Ali. So it's like the hard part about this is Ali basically took Liston's legacy and that became Ali. It's hard for me not living through it to understand what Liston was because Ali slayed the giant. And that's like where when they get attached, that's kind of like the ugly part for me is Liston is probably a top 10 heavyweight, but we discredit him because we don't look at the Floyd Pattersons as the top 10 heavyweights. We don't look at the guys 
from that era as the greats. And we look at Ali and go, man, he didn't beat Ali, you know? Yeah. And that is, I think, what people detract away from his legacy. He became He becomes the world heavyweight champion, destroying Floyd Patterson. The same Floyd Patterson who had great fights with Ingemar Johansson. And yeah, okay, he was a cruiserweight. You look at him now in this era, he would be a cruiserweight. He wouldn't be a heavyweight. However, for his time, he was a really good fighter. He held a record of the youngest ever heavyweight champion up until 1986, until Mike Tyson beats Trevor Burbeck. So, you know, Floyd Patterson was no mug. Floyd Patterson was one of the greats of his era. However, Sonny Liston didn't make him look that way. Sonny Liston dispatched of him so easily in both of their fights, which is what made Sonny Liston's reputation even more great. And then you get Cassius Clay at the time, as he was known, who comes there and he's winding him up and he's, he's trying to get under his skin. He wants this fight. He feels like he can beat him. But deep down inside, when you look back at the stories and you hear the accounts of what was going on, you know that deep down, Cassius Clay had that fear factor in him. But I think it was that fear factor that he thrived off, which took him through this fight and which led him to go on to beat Sonny Liston in the first fight in, in what was obviously a, a normal fight. The second fight is something we'll come on to because of the conspiracy surrounding it. But there was conspiracy in that first fight as well. There's still conspiracy about it now about the fact that apparently some solution was put onto the gloves of Sonny Liston which was purposely rubbed into the eyes of Cassius Clay slash Ali at the time those claims were rubbished by Angelo Dundee many years down the line many people felt like it, you know it was just a coincidence that this happened but because a previous opponent in Eddie Machen had mentioned it it happened to him there was all this big conspiracy surrounding that and then because of his affiliations to the mob and being a, a a mob-controlled fighter, essentially. You can understand why people felt like Sonny Liston was being controlled and why there was a foul play, potentially, going on during that first fight. But when I look back on it, Luke, and I look back on the fight and I watch it again, really, when I look at it, I think it's a, a guy who, who seemingly just was up against someone who was, was just much faster, much smarter than him. You know, someone that... Sonny Liston had never faced before. Sonny Liston wasn't able to put that intimidation factor onto him. And because of that, Muhammad Ali, at the time, was able to overcome the adversity he went through and was able to go on and grind him down and, and get that victory. And I know that Sonny Liston had an injury. It's well documented about his injury. I think it was in the first or the second round. His, his shoulder completely goes. But no excuses. You know, he, he, he was a guy who would go in there and he would... He would fight, and he would fight his heart out, and it's like his heart was broken by Cassius Clay, and it gave us the birth of what was going to be a, a wonderful 10 to 15 years in boxing in the heavyweight division with Muhammad Ali and what he would bring and why he went on to become the greatest. So just take yourself back to that first fight then, Lukey, and just really sort of give your thoughts on on the whole the fight itself the build up many many sort of funny incidents i class them as quite funny incidents the big bus and the the craps table and the incidents there and then obviously the fight itself and then the conspiracy theory surrounding this solution on the gloves that blinded ali in the fifth round of that first fight well what i what this brought me back to was ali did this again in his career he beat George Foreman 
who was basically Sonny Liston again. He knocked out Joe Frazier. And it was like listening to this buildup and everything. I immediately went to the George Foreman fight because it's like this must have been the remix of the Foreman fight. And with Liston, the way people speak about him, and he must have been so intimidating because of the mafia and the mob and all this. It almost sounds like the stages of grieving is denial. And no one could fathom that this guy, Ali, brash trash talker, huge underdog. How could he be the guy who beats this feared guy, the bully of men, the man that if you're in a dark alley, you just run. You don't want to see Sonny Liston. And here's this loud mouth that everything the sport of boxing is, is against. He gets the better of him. So I think that part of the conspiracies to this on top of the mob and mafia is there's a level of denial that we just don't believe at this point. Someone that behaved like Ali or Cassius Clay could be the guy that beats Sonny Liston because our movies never depicted someone like this. Well, he was ahead of his time, weren't he? That, that's the thing. Nobody, you look at the society, look what society was like then. Look at how well-spoken and how eloquent people spoke back then. Nobody was used to a guy who could talk as fast as Cassius Clay slash Ali could. It could rhyme like him. He was a poet. You know, he, he threw these rhymes out. People weren't used to that. All that sort of stuff in the early 1960s, it wasn't socially acceptable as it is today. Now you just see every Tom, Dick, or even Harry putting their stuff out on social media and spouting it for the world to see because there's a way for that to be facilitated now back then none of this was there and people didn't speak the way we speak today the society wasn't as it is today and it was so much different so this guy stood out like a sore thumb because nobody looked at him and thought you know this is the next heavyweight champion of the world they looked at him and thought i can't stand this man i can't stand his mouth i can't stand the way he speaks you know in 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 some harsh realities some people might have even looked at him and gone i don't like the way he looks whether that be because of the color of his skin or whether that just be because of how he looks but that was the time that was the era that the people there were living in so because how because of society and how that how that changed or how that was changing with all these different revolutions that was going on it's like he came along at the right time and whilst it wasn't socially acceptable to be the way he was i think his personality his charisma it rubbed off on people and as time went on following the liston fights people started to to sort of endear to him and understand that there was a social change coming. So I think it does run a little bit deeper than just the fights themselves and the build-up and the aftermath. It runs deeper because of how society was. I mean, it reminds me of the Bob Dylan song, The Times They Are A-Changing. Like, Ali is kind of like the symbol of that song, like, we are the change. And I think that what's interesting about this fight, we get these type of fights now, but there's a level of virtue in movies and boxing where we want the good guy to be a good shooter. And I heard this from a movie criticism podcast that was citing Roger Ebert, where it's like the good guy has to be the marksman. The bad guy can't be the marksman at a certain point in the movie because we want good virtue, good work ethic to be rewarded. It's something fulfilling in narrative arcs. You look at this, you've got Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay. He's a controversial figure. Speaking of change, a revolutionary in many ways. You got Sonny Liston, who's basically being labeled a lot of racist terms that wouldn't be appropriate now, such as a gorilla. You know, we can't call a, a fearsome, big, black 
boxer, now a gorilla. That would be very, very racially insensitive. Neither guy was coming out in America to the broad reach of people in the era of Joe DiMaggio and all these where there were cultural sporting icons. Neither of these guys kind of embodied the quote unquote American virtue to be like, okay, this is the clear good guy. This is the clear bad guy. It was a fight between two complicated figures. It's like in another sporting and you're not from here, but hopefully, you know, LeBron James is LeBron James, great basketball player. He's a complicated figure. I like some parts of him and I don't like some of him. I feel like this is one of the first fights that dealt with like a two complicated people rather than it just basically being like, here's the guy you should cheer for. Here's the guy who's fearsome who might win. So going back to that issue with the solution on the gloves and, and how Cassius Clay even said, you know, I, you know, I felt like there was a foul play going on in the aftermath, even though he'd won the fight. He, you know, he called that stuff out in interviews in, in, in post-fight. But having had the chance to listen to all the information, the factual information that's been presented, genuinely, what do you think? Do you think that was a ploy from Liston's corner? Or do you think it was just genuinely an accident being in the corner and, and how these things can happen? Like with Vaseline now, you know, how Vaseline can be splodged on a fighter and too much of it can be put on. Obviously, if you've got a good referee in there, they're going to notice it straight away and, and make the corner sort it out. But back then, this is completely, again, completely different, completely different rules. Things were different. Do you think there's a conspiracy behind that? Or do you think it was genuinely just an accident that happened which led to that adversity, which Cassius Clay then overcome. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, I hate to say it, but being in boxing so long, I don't think that there's such things as coincidences a lot of times in boxing. My gut feeling says that this is probably one of these sketch. Like, this is an era where corruption would be much more relevant. Like, there was less sanction, there was less governing of the sport of boxing. So, I'm not saying that's what I believe, but I'd say that's more believable in this era, given who who the participants are. Yeah, uh, I can understand that. I mean, 
I, I suppose I went off what Angelo Dundee said years later, him being in the opposing corner. You know, he seemed to rubbish them claims years after the fact. So, you know, you kind of, you try to listen to the words of the people that were there. And that, that's what we did. And, and that's kind of where we formed our opinion of, okay, maybe initially we thought it could have been a conspiracy and it could have been foul play. However, when someone's in the opposing corner, when someone who, who's well-renowned, you know, as one of the world's greatest trainers, says that this, this wasn't on purpose, this was an accident. And I suppose... Who am I to tell them differently? And and that's the way I, I kind of looked at it. I thought, who am I to, to, to question the words of a man who had been in the ring and been around that era, you know, who who since left this earth? How can I challenge somebody like that? I, can't, I don't feel like I can. I don't feel like I'm in the position to challenge that. So I, can, I think ultimately we can have our conspiracy theories around it. Was it, you know, was it a problem? Was it a foul play? What, whatever you want to say about it. But ultimately, for me, I, I, I form my opinion that I think it was an accident. Other people will argue otherwise, but this is the beauty of you know the conspiracy theory is that there's always going to be different angles to one particular argument, which is why it's, it's so good to be able to, to talk about these things and, and express them and let people have their say about what they think happened. But Lukey is not the only conspiracy surrounding these two fighters. You know, we move off that first fight now and we move into the second fight and I think one of the things I took away from the lead up to the second fight between the talk about the whole phantom punch issue and all the conspiracies surrounding that was I felt quite sorry for Sonny Liston because doing his career profile doing a darker side of boxing on him like me and Johnston have done we feel like we've done a bit of a complete package on the guy so we feel like we know this guy better than most boxing fans do so, looking back on the way things was going for him in his life, it, you know, I felt quite sad for him that in the lead-up to the rematch, because Ali gets a hernia and has to have the operation, it postpones the fight. And by everybody who was around, by their accounts, Sonny Liston was in the best shape of his career. People believed that if he would have gone into the original rescheduled date, that Sonny Liston might have actually beaten Muhammad Ali. People will argue that that was never going to happen either way. But it always makes me wonder, what if? What if that original date would have happened? Would we have seen a different fight? Because people feel Sonny Liston, when the fight was rescheduled, it was just the beginning of the end, really, for him. He didn't train properly. He couldn't be bothered to do what he needed to do to be back into shape for the rescheduled date. And ultimately, when we talk about conspiracies, this is one of the greatest conspiracies in not just boxing, but in sports history. Well, I mean, you touched on so many different things, and I want to obviously touch on a few things when I answer all these things is, one, just to be devil's advocate, there's a fighter that I of a fighter who faced a fighter I know. I'm nearly positive he cheated, and I'll never say that publicly, just because like, I just feel like, so like when Dundee says that, I'm like, eh. You know, I've been in those same boots and you just you don't want to call someone out, but you always have those sneaking suspicions and um, freak. What what did you want me to answer? I just wanted to say that. So now now ask me the question again, because I totally was a terrible co-host. <laughs> well, what we're going back to here, we've talked about the lead up to the second fight and how it was originally scheduled for a day. Ali gets a hernia, has to have okay. an operation. I got you. So I look at this as like 
Sonny Liston, I view as like modern composite Dillian White. And it's like Dillian White seems to me like a guy that can't get multiple dates and stay focused. And I do like it's just with these great matchups, you always love like, you know, when it's a legendary bout because there's so many hypothetical situations. Isn't that kind of the key element to like a great rivalry or great feud is that maybe there's the lingering doubt that if Sonny Liston had a fought on that night, maybe he, because there is that, we know he was great. We know all these great. And it's like, I think that in a weird way, it's kind of cool that that happened because it kind of preserves a bit of Liston saying like, okay, maybe Liston would have beat him on that night. So even though Ollie beat him twice, there is that doubt that preserves an aspect of him. And I think that that's kind of, that's something that I love about boxing, honestly. Those little unanswered questions amongst legends. It is a big unanswered question, but I suppose people really don't focus on that element. What people do focus on with the second fight is, of course, the elephant in the room. The knockout. Or was it a knockout? Did he Did really... the punch land. Exactly. Did that punch really land? No matter how many times this can be analysed by different experts, all this technology we've got now, there's still a lot of people out there that feel that this was a thrown fight. But then there are also a lot of people that are boxers, that are trainers, that have been in the sport for a long time themselves, that say, that punch, that punch landed. It was a fast snapping punch, which Liston didn't see coming, and it caught him off guard. Johnston's argument in the episode was that, really, if that punch landed okay fair enough but the way he was rolling around on the floor afterwards the way he was sort of struggling to get back up we'd seen in previous fights before he got in the ring with Muhammad Ali that he'd taken much much harder blows straight on from bigger guys guys that were more powerful punches arguably than Muhammad Ali and yet he took them and he ate them up no problem. But yet this sort of glancing looking blow, yes, okay, it look, it looks fast and it catches him off guard maybe, but really, did that really knock him out or was this a thrown fight? Really interested to hear your opinion and your take from both sides on this. Well, I'm going to start with a story and it's this is one of the most pivotal fights in my life because in 2003, 2004, <coughs> I was in college and I was looking for new hobbies, right? I'd been skateboarding and I'd like boxing a lot, but then YouTube had come along. So I'm actually, it might've been 2005 maybe. So YouTube just existed. So I just found YouTube and YouTube was so new. I had to bookmark it on the computer at this job because I didn't remember the name of the site. I'm like, what is, what is the site? So Google just had boughten it up and my boss would give me, watch Prince Nazim watch Roy Jones, watch this guy in the UFC, Andre Orlovsky. Those are my guys. And I'm like, screw that. I want to watch Ali. I never had gotten to see Ali on my own terms, just obsess. And I remember pulling up this knockout and my boss going, that's the most famous knockout in the whole world. Why do you, why do you want to watch that? And I go, well, I want to watch greatness. And I guess what I say is Ali means so much to me whatever happened is inconsequential. I choose to believe it was a knockout because I look at Ollie's career from the beginning to the end and it fits with what he did. This is not an anomaly to me. That being said, there's always going to be a red flag around this fight because Sonny Liston had ties to the mob and the mob is sketchy. 
So I am of the opinion from the episode that I think I think I agree with you and I've always kind of changed my stance on a few separate occasions, but I think ultimately doing so much on both fighters, in particular more on Liston than we have on Ali, I think doing all the stuff we've done on Sonny Liston, I kind of felt that maybe this was just being caught code and that he, you know, he wasn't able to recover. Not to mention the chaos that was going on in the ring at the time as well. You've got to remember the referee at the time, Jersey Joe Walcott. You know, he, he was absolutely... He, he couldn't control what was going on. He's trying to control Ali, the timekeeper, the everything was just going in, in all different directions. And ultimately, at the end of it, you see Liston get up and he looks like he's ready to fight, but he'd already been counted out at this point. So the arguments are that you know he, he took a dive because he clearly, he still had his faculties intact. A lot of people believe that. A lot of people believe he got his faculties intact. He took a dive. He got paid for that dive. But if you've listened to our episodes, then you'll know that that wasn't actually the case with him. And the issues he had with the mob were much deeper rooted than what it appears on the surface. So for us, we had our sort of back and forth about what we ultimately think about it. I think Johnston sort of still seems to feel there was an element of foul play there. However, I kind of feel like looking back on it so many different times, I feel like actually, you know, he was just caught cold. It was as simple as that. He got caught cold. He weren't able to recover. There was so much chaos going on, you know, at the ring, in the ring, at the side of the ring, that I just think he, I think he possibly just misjudged getting up. Like, it happens. You've seen it in boxing. It happens. The fighter thinks he's getting up at the count of six, seven, eight. Before he knows it, he's 10 and he's been counted out and he doesn't realise, even though he looks like he's ready to continue, he's just misjudged the situation. And I think that's possibly what what happened. But the beauty of this whole tale is that we're never, ever, ever going to truly, truly know. And I think that's what makes it great, right? Is it, It's like the greatest argument to ever have in a good way. And if anyone ever wants to tell me about how boxers need to be judges or referees, definitely go watch this fight. And that's like a prime example of maybe we should just get people who are qualified because like, that didn't help things when that was um, occurring. But I think the big thing that I look at with this is Ali went up in his career. The trajectory went up. And I think the other thing that hurts is like the way Sonny Liston kind of suspiciously passed away. I think that those things like the Liston death will always make people go, well, th- there's some form of conspiracy because look at how Sonny Liston died. And they won't look at a rhyme or reason at anything else they'll just look at that but for me personally this is not just a one moment in ollie's career ollie had several mites where he defied the odds so me personally i look at history and i go well ollie had a bunch of these fights where they didn't make sense whether it's joe frazier whether it's george foreman like i personally choose to believe ollie landed the punch just because i mean it kind of ruins a bit of the mystique of the fight if it's fixed for me. That that's the thing, isn't it? That for Rose, that is the thing. It's like you got You've got to. That's why my opinion changes so much. Is because one minute I look at it and I think, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm settled with my opinion that I genuinely believe this was a punch that landed. He misjudged the situation and he got counted out. But then 
for us, when we when we do the research for our episodes, especially when we did the Dark Side of Boxing episode on Sonny Liston, you know, that made us really sit down and think about the possibilities of foul play, the elements of foul play, the people that he was involved with around that time, the people that were spearheading his boxing career at this time. And it makes you wonder what was really going on. You've got your suspicions, you've got your doubts. And that is why I think, like, not truly knowing the answer to this question is in some ways a wonderful thing because it, it leaves people who find boxing later on down the line it leaves them to be able to sit and continue this debate on forever because this debate will probably live on way past when me and you are gone because people that find this moment in time and find these two names that are synonymous with each will get to sit back and look at it and anyone that comes into the sport relatively new who who, who does all the research and actually starts to look into things as deep as what we do for our episodes and you start to see where the contrasting arguments can come from so it creates a I love it. It's a wonderful debate and it will continue to be a wonderful debate forever because you're never really going to truly know. You're never, never truly going to know. You can have your opinion on it, but being realistic, we're never going to truly know whether or not it was just a situation where Sonny mistimed everything, misjudged everything, he was genuinely hurt, etc., or whether it was foul play. And that was that. We're never going to know it. And I think that's the beauty of, of, of that particular fight. And for me, the whole tale surrounding the two of them is it's for, he's just the start, isn't it? Like you said, he's just the start of Muhammad Ali's career. You look at the fights he has, I look at the significance. Sonny Liston, significant moments. Joe Fraser, significant moments. George Foreman, significant moments. Even at the back end of his career, when it was horrible to watch him in the ring against the likes of Larry Holmes and Trevor Burbick, significant moments because it is a complete journey from start to finish the moment he becomes champion the moment he defies the odds the moment he's then able to completely come back from exile and defy the odds once more becoming heavyweight champion of the world once again going into that same situation 10 years later against George Foreman in the rumble in the jungle it it just truly reaffirms my opinion that Muhammad Ali is is the greatest fighter, one of the greatest sportsmen that we've ever seen. I also think that the fact that the Liston story was so relevant in pop culture, like I know video games have told this story. I know TV shows have told this story, maybe not citing them, but it's a story that I feel like has per- been perpetuated and retold in many cinematic elements as a story of boxing corruption doesn't help like if you believe the fight was real. It doesn't, and that's the problem, is you're going to get people that are going to look at it from that angle. You know, we looked at it from that angle. We did it for the dark side of boxing. That's the whole point of that show, is to look at it from an angle of what was going on in his life, all the crimes, the issues, the jail, the time in prison, boxing in prison, being affiliated with the mob, who they were, what they were up to, the context behind it all. We we genuinely tried to put that, that whole context together, whereas, like you say, you get your documentaries that come out about Sonny Liston's life and his death, and it is kind of really narrow, narrow-minded in the sense that it is always aimed at that one particular focal point of his life, as opposed to trying to provide the context to everything, which is why we enjoy doing what we do is because we try to put an argument to every single side of the story so that people are left to make their own choices and form their own opinions about what they think really happened. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think that we live in a world where you could tell someone that the earth isn't flat and someone will still go. Yeah. 
but I got this buddy and he found a photo and it looks like the earth falls off a cliff. So we live in a world where no matter what you say, there's still going to be someone that has that. And this is like one of the first origin stories of whatever you say to someone on this story, people are going to have a, a positive or a negative belief that it can't be changed. And you and me are the same. We want to believe Ali is great. We don't want this fight to be fixed. And it's going to be hard to change my opinion because that's kind of just what I want. And that is it. It's all about interpretation and perception. And ultimately, that's what this episode, the tale of Liston versus Clay, has, has been about. It's about creating the perception for people, letting people make their own informed choice about what they think happened with the fights and everything surrounding it, whilst also providing the stories that surrounded it, which is why, again, we love doing it. We love doing the shows because we know that people, we like to think that people get a full and complete story rather than just a sort of uh, a one-trick narrow-minded version of events you know we try to do it as unbiased as absolute possible so that people can make their own choices about it ultimately we thoroughly enjoy doing it we feel like we've wrapped up sonny liston in terms of what we do for our podcast we feel like there is possibly nothing else we could do on him now about his stories so everybody that's listened to us will have heard everything about sonny liston that we could possibly dig up from the archives and from the newspaper articles so for us it'll all be about focusing on on muhammad ali in the future and doing some more stuff uh, with him because there's a lot more to tell that we haven't already told ultimately final summary statement then about the tale of liston versus clay over to you the most ultimate box and that's a terrible way of grammar this is the pinnacle of boxing stories it's the good it's the bad and it's the flat out insane and it pretty much sums up why we love the sport and with that in mind that is the end of our episode so thank you lukey as always for coming on providing your wonderful insight into this episode the tale of sonny liston versus cassius clay for everybody else thank you as always for listening to the main show and for tuning into the after show we appreciate you we feel the love make sure you let us know what your thoughts are on our opinions in the after show make sure you leave a comment on all the socials you can find us at twitter at legend night pod or the btr boxing podcast network facebook youtube instagram pages make sure you're subscribing to us on there make sure you go and check out lukey on itr boxing's youtube channel and at lukey boxing on twitter that is everything for us thank you for tuning in to the after show the tale of liston versus clay Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.